Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is July 31st, 2019. It's Relationship Wednesday, 5.30 in the morning in Southern California, but it's the last day of July. That's it. It's gone or going to be gone, and we're already on to August 1st tomorrow. So, wow, it's huge just to keep moving along. Kids are already getting their back-to-school stuff, and they're starting now in the middle of August as opposed to, like, after Labor Day or the last week of August. So their summer goes from June to the middle of August. It's amazing. Like, two and a half months, they got cut. So today's show needs to be talked about. What does being in love really mean? And we've talked about love to the point where I thought, gosh, what more can we talk about when it comes to love? There's always a lot of issues to talk about within love, but when it comes to love, how do you know the differences between infatuation, curiosity, and love? And how do you know from the beginning? The beginning is the trickiest part. The reason that it is, is that it's that honeymoon phase, the curiosity, all the different things that you can feel in the beginning is also backed up by you having like these Surges, surges of energy. I, I think it's like your, um, I can't say the word in English, and it's just driving me crazy right now. Your endomorphins, is that the word? That's the word, but I don't know if I said it right. But you can't feel anything that could ever possibly go negative in this relationship ever in this phase. You can't get enough of each other. You want to see each other all the time. Being apart feels painful. You don't feel anything that has even resembled, even begins to resemble a real relationship. You haven't faced anything together yet. But it's the newness. You don't know anything about this person yet. You get carried away. You feel addicted. And it starts when the sexual attraction is its strongest. Learning the difference between love and infatuation. And I I keep replacing infatuation with curiosity because it's the same thing, but infatuation sounds like an old word where young people don't understand me sometimes when I say that because they want to know what it is. So it's there I knew and I can replace it. However, every relationship goes through dating stages. And there's five stages because infatuation can last, I've read, from two days to two years. 
that's how long you can be in that phase. Imagine. But for most people, because that for two years or three years, it actually becomes the way you are for the most part. But there are a lot of relationships that end at that time. I know one that just ended at four years, and I thought they're going to be together forever. They both love animals. They both love to do this. They both love to do that. They build all this stuff in their yard. and You know, life is beautiful, posting pictures all over Facebook. And then writes me and says, oh, we broke up. Well, why did you break up? Oh, she has a daughter living, an adult daughter living in the house now, and things are different. And... I can't deal with that. I was like, oh, wow. But we learned throughout the relationship of the stages of the relationship, even though we haven't heard them. The first one is always the easiest one. It's the attraction and romance. That one we have been sold. We were taught how to do it. We've been shown pictures on how to do it. There's ad after ad on how to do it. It is amazing down to the proposal. You know exactly what to do in the beginning. And a lot of times we see all of that in the beginning. We may even talk about it. We may even feel like, wow, what just happened? We're so connected. Every single couple experiences this phase. Even the ones you've met and thought, What in God's name put these two people together? They went through this phase, the getting to know each other phase. It's the main dating step to go through. It might also be called the fantasy phase or the honeymoon stage because everything is perfect about your partner at this time. You will profess your love in ways you never thought you would. You would say it high from a mountaintop if you could. This phase is the fun one, the one that we are told should be the way our relationship is forever or it's not love, and yet it is the least sustainable phase of the entire process. People who are constantly changing partners are usually trying to remain in this phase. So if you know people who are constantly, you know, every time you see them, they're like, yeah, I'm dating Sally, now I'm dating Sammy, and now I'm dating Mary, and it just goes on and on, and you get to the point where you don't even know who they're with at any given time. It's because that phase can be addictive. You focus on your similarities, and you ignore your flaws. You have biological forces that take over, and you only see the good. You spend a lot of time together. You're in love after all, and you can't imagine being apart. In this phase, very, very huge is the conflict avoidance. You don't pay attention. It's like conflicts couldn't happen to the two of you if they tried. So what does being in love really means. What's different 
in stage one. What is different in the attraction in romance phase for people who are really in love? Because everyone goes through that phase. But what's different? Because I read there's five stages. I've read them all. I've gone through them. And I'll get to the other ones. But what's different in the first stage when love is real? There is a bond. Not a physical bond alone. A lot of people who don't actually have sex in this phase are able to make it through this phase with some dose of reality in it. Because what's happening is they're not allowing, without knowing it, the biological forces to blind them. And it doesn't mean sex is good or bad, but remember I told you guys, the faster you get in is the faster you come out in some cases, most cases. But how do you make it through this phase without that? I mean, geez, if it's going to, could last from two days, but to two years. Well, what happens is you make it to stage two when reality sets in. And when reality steps in and it starts creeping in, that phase lasts about typically six months in a relationship. That's a long time in a relationship. And usually that's when one or the other person decides that they've made a selection mistake. And if you can accept each other's flaws pretty much, you can get to the next level in a healthy relationship. Because what happens in the reality stage is you do start not only to see the flaws in your partner, but behaviors you don't like, like maybe the way they chew their food or maybe how much they talk or maybe the way they communicate. We start picking on them. It doesn't mean you're no longer in love. (coughs) Excuse me. But your partner doesn't seem as great as you felt they were in the first stage. The end of, I can't say the word. Endorphins. Okay, I think I got it. I keep wanting just to, I have to break it down in my brain. But the endorphins are in there to help you with that high sensation in stage two. Because they're a huge helper in stage one. You're totally blind. But they're not available to you in stage two. So now what do you do? Well, when you feel that drop, you realize you can't keep up the high forever. So the that, you know, elevated state of mind starts to feel like it's going to level off. And you start to question yourself. You're like, well, whoa. What just happened? Maybe in about six months, that'll hit you. The endo, I, I still can't say it. Endorphins 
left the room. That's what happened. Nothing changed. The person didn't change. You didn't change. Nothing changed. Your chemistry changed. And it will leave you asking the question, I wonder if I'm still in love. This relationship, hmm, let me see, doesn't feel like that fantasy I thought it was before. Which leads you right into stage three, which is disappointment. Monthly reality sets in. It turns into disappointment. And the couples at this stage, they start to spend about a year working out their differences, hoping to replace that stability that they felt. If in stage three, this is critical mass time, because most of the time people will leave in stage two or stage three. Stage two, because they'll feel they're not in love anymore and they don't know what happened and really the Endorphins just left the room. And now you can see this person as a person. If you can still have intimacy in that phase of reality, you can really kind of sustain the relationship because you will have balance between I love you, we're together, I still love you even though I can see all your flaws now. I love you even though I felt disappointment in the fact that we actually have to work things out and I thought we were perfect. Because if you have a healthy mind and heart and you are ready to really be in a relationship, You start to see the reality and the disappointment as a positive growth, a progress in your relationship, and you move into the next phase. If there isn't health or readiness or enough sharing about yourself or the other person or deserving, feeling you deserve a good relationship, and you don't get sideswiped by the fact that reality set in you can really make it through disappointment very well because disappointment, stage three of of this whole process is where you build the bones of your relationship. Even though you might feel arguments are bad, but you'll feel angry at the other person and you won't know why. And it'll be over trivial things, like not even big things. It's, you know, they, they, are, they have those famous sayings, you know, like, well, you know, you don't put the cut, what is that, the cap on the toothpaste. And back in the day when the cap was separated from the toothpaste, now it's just you, you click it on and off so you never could do that. But back in the day, they used to say that. Does it really bug you when your partner leaves the cap of the toothpaste off the toothpaste? But when you don't realize conflict can be healthy, you start to wonder if your relationship is doomed in the disappointment part. You start to wonder how you're going to make it. And you may even have thoughts of breaking up or getting divorced in the disappointment part. That's why I say 
when you can make it through the disappointment part, you're going to make it. And it's not a test. These things should happen naturally or you're going to put yourself in a place where you forced yourself to do things, forced yourself to say yes when you meant no, maybe gave up in arguments too soon. This is the place to establish the feelings that you have for real because this is where the real love is pushed, prodded, and tested. But when love is real, this phase doesn't scare the two people in the relationship. It doesn't scare them. They just feel like it's, it's not as bad as it is coming in. It's not as scary. And it's not as deep. It doesn't go so deep that the kind of fights you have, you're throwing stuff or you're insulting them because that's not going to make it through this disappointment phase. The reason being is this is where communication is established. This is where trust is established. This is where the ability to work as a team is established. And most people, most people, it's, it's highly unlikely that they'll get to this, past this stage if, if what they're feeling isn't deep enough. This is where they'll go, wow, what did I see in this person? And they may wake up and think, gosh, if I never saw them again, I, I, I'd probably be okay. That kind of feeling. Stage three, because after it, after disappointment, we enter this world of feeling stable. If you can make it through reality and disappointment, because this is where you just built the skeleton of your relationship, every single thing the two of you will ever do after that will fall into the template of how you deal with reality, how you deal with disappointment, how you have conflict, how you resolve that conflict, and it becomes a no-brainer, a very small part of the relationship in terms of solving issues, and the issues don't dominate the relationship. If people get through reality and disappointment, and in there, they found unhealthy ways to communicate, like hitting each other and then saying, I'm sorry, and building that kind of template, that's where abuses go further and further and further over time because the relationship wasn't healthy and built on healthy practices. And so the other practices grow just the way healthy practices would grow. And it's how Christ always says, negative begets negative. You will get more negative and positive begets positive. But when you have two dysfunctional people in a relationship, they will be able to stay together. When you have two functional people in a relationship, they will be able to stay together. When you have one functional person and one dysfunctional person, 
over time, the relationship will break up. The healthy one will want to go on. The healthy one will want to go on. They'll try and try and try to fix you, and then they'll realize they're hitting a wall, and that they're gone. And it's funny because when we ourselves are the ones in the relationship and we take it upon ourselves to fix other people, which was the whole purpose of yesterday's show, you feel responsible for someone else's happiness. Can you not say no to someone? Do you take on their stress as yours? All of that is established here. And it's really important to know that there are stages because that recognition alone helps you decide in the process when you meet someone, oh, wow, I know these stages are coming. Instead of them being a surprise and you going, oh, my gosh, how did I not see that? Holy cow, did you see the way they walked? And you start picking. Fantasy's gone. The endorphins are gone. Because the endorphins are the blinders. They're the ones where you're trying to tell people. People are like, what do you see in him or her? And you're like, are you kidding? They're great. How do you not see that? Because the endorphins are talking from your mouth and not from theirs. But let's talk about where it goes. It goes to stability. Now you have a history together. You understand that you can work through your differences. You even accommodate them. One of you wakes up early. The other one wakes up late. Whatever it is, you start to accommodate. You start feeling connected. You start feeling victorious that you actually learned how to communicate. Now you're feeling connected. And you trust you can work through anything that comes your way. And even at times, you might feel bored because things are working. But it's good to be able to be bored with someone and keep renewing the fun things. I know it sounds funny to say that, but I remember, and this has nothing to do with relationships per se, in the summertime, I would not sign my kids up for a bunch of things and keep them so busy they their heads would spin. I used to just tell them, go out and play. Like, get on your bike and ride it. Play in the backyard. I wanted them to get bored. Because when we get bored, we start to dream. We start to look at fun things that we want to do in life. We start trying to kind of look through life and say, out of everything we'd want to do, what would we want to explore together? And in that, you make it to stage five by creating commitments. I'm making a commitment to be here. I understand reality. I understand disappointment. I understand getting bored. I understand the bond. I understand the excitement. And I like it here. 
I like it here. That's the happiness. That's where it lives. If we believe that we have to keep recreating stage one, we're going to be disappointed in a whole nother way. Because stage one, that romantic part, you can't recreate the endorphins. I'm getting better at saying that, aren't I? But we can't recreate that. And that's where people think that they've fallen out of love, and it's not true. Love isn't just one stage. And people who believe that are the rinse and repeat stage. That's who they are. Rinse and repeat. Go out over and over again with the same people or different people, but the same personality. And then roll your eyes and go, well, that didn't work out. And you don't know if that wouldn't work out or not. You actually don't know. Because you ran at the reality stage. There's a man, a grown man. He's an actor. He was like sexiest man of the year one year. And I worked with him. And he told me that he had never had a relationship that lasted more than one year. And when he first said that, I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, really poking and prodding, like even when you were little? Because now he's in his late 30s. Because even when I was little, and I just needed to dig into that. I wanted to figure out why so that he can be aware of the fact that he's the one who's bringing that to the table. And what, what happened? And what happened was something he didn't even do. It was something he witnessed. In his early, like before his teenage years, like that prepubescent time in his life, his mother had an affair. That affair broke up the marriage of his parents. Prior to that knowledge, they were the Brady Bunch family. After that knowledge, they never regained their footing. So he never made it through the resolving the conflict phase. So the minute reality set in, he would leave thinking that that would cause the other person to leave them anyway, or leave him anyway. So the baggage we bring in gets filtered out in the reality and in the disappointment phase. That's what happens. That's how big influence is. But that's how big the reality and disappointment phase is. 
love will look like it's getting attacked in the second and third phase. And some people go through it much lighter than others, depending on how much stuff they have to work out. But facing it together is the most important part. If you guys run for the hills and you don't fight for the relationship, and how many times have we said that? Don't fight for yourself, fight for the relationship. Is this good for our relationship? That can carry you through those phases. It's not a test. It's not winning or losing. Let those phases happen naturally so that you can know that where you're at is safe and not manufactured because if you try to be over-accommodating in an argument, one day you won't. This is where you flush all of that out. This is when you know that what you feel is something long-lasting for this person and it's real over and above the infatuation that we can go through because we're like chemically pumped up. This is where the curiosity goes away and you say, gosh, I I really love this person. Thank you for sticking out this topic. It's not an easy one, but it's a very fruitful one. Tomorrow, I will see you on Dream Theme Thursday. Have a great Wednesday, you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.